Introducing the new Remote Investor Incubator and eCourse. We had the mastermind and we are going to break off from that being mostly an accredited investor group. And I wanted to create something that was helping out the little guy get started, the guys getting their first properties. And we are calling this the incubator group. Get more details at simplepassivecashflow.com slash incubator. But basically what you're doing here is we're getting a group of professionals looking to build your network with others starting this journey to financial freedom. The e-course that's going to accompany this group is going to have eight modules in a closed membership site plus two bonus modules and download kit, all geared toward educating the remote investor. In this group, we're going to have bi-weekly Zoom video calls. And if you join up, you're going to get all past turnkey rental recordings. Now these calls are designed to ask whatever questions you have and hear the other questions from other investors in your shoes. And we're going to run this like a boot camp style. This is going to be a five month program where we're going to walk you through the best practices for tax and legal as you acquire your first remote rental. We're even walk you through the due diligence and offer process. We're going to have staff membership coordinators for extra support to get you over the sticking points and to connect you with the right people in the group, even if you're shy. One of the biggest reasons for joining is access to our ever-changing Rolodex of top turnkey companies, brokers, property managers, and insurance companies. Hey guys, we're basically spoon-feeding this to you. If you've been on the fence and it's time to get your first rental property, go to simplepassivecashflow.com incubator. And by the way, for those accredited investors, we are looking for new members. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey and join the flagship Simple Passive Cashflow Mastermind there. After the pandemic, it's a new world out there. Having a network around you is so much more important. Shoot me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow if you're unsure if the incubator or if the accredited mastermind group is for you. But let's get you connected with other people and don't go it alone. Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. Today, we are going to talk about investing in wine. Now, not the securitized crowdfunding way, but the actual owning the actual bottles, the real assets. So today, um, I have Anthony Zahn. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Happy to be on, be on here. So if you guys want to Google this at the same time, you guys can Google their company, VinoVest. But this is something that I'm personally interested in. I like the Camus wine, the Cav. It's like a hundred bucks. That's a good one. A go-to, you know, it's a good with a nice barbecue or a steak. Yeah, but you guys are buying a lot more better ones in, in your guys' system. I would say better from an investment potential. You know, taste okay. is very subjective, but you know, we're looking for wines that um, are going to be bringing you, you know, a solid double-digit annual return over the next few years. Cool. So yeah, let's get into this. Um, I also have this displayed on the YouTube channel if you guys want to get um, access to that. And I have a big menu of all kinds of things in the world you can invest in. I'll, I'll put this section probably at simplepassivecashflow.com slash wine. You guys want to check this out in the future. And um, it, and you can the root folder for this is simplepassivecashflow.com slash menu, which has all the different things out there that you can invest in. Yeah, why don't you kind of take it away, Anthony, and we'll kind of go through this deck. Yeah, um, so I'm Anthony. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO of VinoVest. And, uh, you know, I, I first learned about investing in wine a few years ago. I sold, I sold my first company, so I was looking to invest and didn't want to put it all in the stock market. So I had some in real estate and actually stumbled upon a report talking about the historical returns of fine wine, which you can see here. 
um, you know, 12% annualized returns actually has beaten out the S&P and relatively low volatility too. So that really just piqued my interest. And I really dove into the space. And, um, you know, I had the general concept that wine gets better with age, probably more expensive as well. Um, and as I dove into it, I realized that even though it was getting good returns, it was pretty tough to manage. There's not too much info out there about which wines to invest in. Um, I didn't have a massive wine cellar. So handling third-party storage, shipping all around the world was pretty cumbersome. And then finally, from a liquidity standpoint, there's a ton of places where you can buy and sell wine today. But how do you know that you're interacting with someone who's trusted? How do you know you're not getting ripped off of the price? There's really no you know, index for wine that is globally recognized. So those are kind of all the problems I saw in the space that I thought could really be improved. And that's why I, I started this company. Yeah, I bought a four pack of KMSs in from eBay that were like seven. Normally that's what a hundred bucks, 90 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And I bought it for like 70 bucks. But when I got it, I didn't, I don't know. It's, it seemed a little fishy to me. <laughs> the taste wasn't exactly what I thought it was. There's a lot of fake wine out there. Uh, yeah. Maybe I bought that. <laughs> but what, you know, as we were talking earlier, what from your background kind of brought you into this? Because you, you're the co-founder of this company. What was, I mean, everybody's interested in wine, right? But what what from your background kind of gave you the ins to kind of start this? Yeah, so I it really just grew up with it. I have some extended family in the wine importing industry. Um, I grew up in Beijing. So um, during the entire craze in the mid, mid-2000s, mid a lot of Chinese people just kind of getting to know about French wine, Bordeaux, Burgundy. Uh, you know, part of that kind of being a part of a, a wine importing family, you know, just really, I think, piqued my interest in it. Um, I always thought owning wine was really, really cool. And uh, you know, it just was a, a pretty dormant passion of mine, I'd say, until I read that report and it kind of just ignited everything again. Cool, cool. So, you know, like you guys are able to get connections from the suppliers at a big you know, kind of leg up as a, as a group from your network. Yeah, I think something about especially like the high end, like top, you know, top couple percent of wine is that it's very, very hard to get, you know, it's always in globe, you know, globally demand is always going to be outstripping the supply and it's very hard to get to. So access is the big thing, you know, even if you can get it, it's probably marked up hundred, 200% and you're not actually getting it for its true value. So, um, you know, we, with our connections and, you know, with our team, which has, you know, members who are master sommeliers, beverage directors at three Michelin starred restaurants, been in the industry, they have great relationships with some of the top wineries in the world. We're able to get that insider access that traditionally is not available to the public. Wanted to kind of look at some of the factors. So as I mentioned, with having knowledge to what to pick out, um, being able to store the wine properly and make sure that it's actually aging in the right conditions, and then finding liquidity when you actually want to exit your investment, it's a big issue. So, you know, we can go on to the next slide and I can talk about what we do at Vinovest. Okay. So is your, was your family kind of, are you like the Asian Gary Vaynerchuk then, or is that similar? I I was on that level. Um, Yeah. Much, much, much smaller time, but uh, he's, you know, obviously he really popularized, I think people just becoming more educated about wine. So that's something that's a question that came up right when I saw this is like, all right, where is this wine stored? It's not like in your house that you get to impress all your buddies. Yeah. So we have six storage facilities globally, strategically located in and near to the biggest wine growing regions in the world. So we have one in Northern California, 
we got one in the UK, a couple in France, one in Italy, one in Denmark. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that the wine moves the minimal distance as possible to not disturb it and make sure that we're able to make sure its condition is as like kind of pristine as possible. Um, so after we buy it for you, we're able to have it temperature controlled, humidity controlled. Actually, one of our warehouses, the British Royal family stores their wine in the same spot as us. So it's really just kind of you know, top notch storage facilities. And with the VinoVest solution, you don't need to know anything about wine investing to get started. The inputs that we take are like, you know, how long are you looking to hold this asset for? Um, how much are you looking to invest? What's your risk appetite like? And we've developed an algorithm and also have portfolio advisors that can then automatically construct a portfolio for you based on those preferences, uh, deploy your capital for you, and also actively manage that portfolio of wines all on your behalf. And for the uh, for the end client, it's a fully digital experience. You know, like you see in that screenshot, uh, it's a dashboard that you can track your wine prices over time. They're updated um, in real time. And you can see exactly what you own, kind of like a, you know, like a Robin Hood or like a Schwab brokerage account. So when they, when you buy a bottle, you're not like buying like a half a bottle. You got to buy in increments of the bottle then. Is it yeah. So bottle? usually buy it in cases of six or 12, because that's what the uh, most kind of liquid unit of measurement is. You know, it's, it's tough to just buy and sell individual bottles because you don't really know what condition they are. But when they're in the case, um, they're kind of packaged the right way. It's uh, like kind of the industry standard in terms of what people like to buy in and the quantities that they buy in as well. So the, normally, if you're buying at a case of 12 at 100 bucks per, you're looking at least a grand. Yeah, so it's a grand to get started on our platform. And then what what are what is kind of the average is I, I, we see like on here the the Clements I've never heard of that five hundred bucks a bottle is I mean what's the kind of the median and what's kind of the higher end price per bottle I think it really depends on how much you put in because you know there's bottles that can range up to thousands even tens of thousands and some of our higher level clients you know that the bigger your portfolio size is it opens you up to more of the wine universe available to purchase. Um, but our, our average consumer holds around like six, $7,000 worth of wine. You know, that's 50, 60 bottles, you know, things, you know, things that are ranging from a hundred something bucks to up to 500 bucks a bottle. So I, when you're starting this company in the early stages, were you like walking around with like 10 bottle, 10 grand bottles of wine? I mean, what was, what was the most you ever held in your hands? I mean, I mean, some of these bottles are, yeah, they're, they're 10 grand, they're 10, 20 grand, you know, it's a, uh, it's pretty surreal, but just to treat it as an investment, right? Like you hold a, you hold a bar of gold, it's going to be pretty, pretty pricey as well. Yeah. Do you, do you drink your own supply or what's the. Ever. So my, uh, I think that's also a good thing about having the storage out of sight and out of mind is, you know, you have some friends over and you have a couple bottles, have a good time. It's really easy to just like reach into the back of your cellar and accidentally pop something that could be thousands of thousands of dollars. So. What I drink is is much cheaper than that. Okay. What do you drink, by the way? <laughs> uh, I mean, I I love uh, I love Syrah. So either from like Northern Rhone or from like Santa Barbara. I think that's like my my go-to uh, grape bridal. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been drinking now. Do you want to find deals on real estate before they're on anyone else's radar? I recently came across Pre-REO, a new opportunity from one of my mentors, George Newberry, founder at AHP. 
On this new platform, real estate investors can partner with pre-REO on the purchase of delinquent first mortgages secured by vacant properties directly from lenders. This is huge because normally mom and pop investors like us only have access to REO properties. Usually investors are not able to access these pre-foreclosed properties and have to wait until they are foreclosed. But with the help of pre-REO, investors can easily search and bid on pre-REOs offered at a sizable discount, connect with experts that are familiar with the pre-REO process and generate financial returns while making a positive impact in their communities. Take advantage of this unique opportunity to expand your real estate portfolio. You can learn more about pre-REO by going to simplepassivecashflow.com slash pre-REO. Cool. So, so kind of getting back into the, the storage, correct me if I'm wrong, but my, my assumption is like, that's like a commodity, right? There's a lot of storage facilities out there. It's a totally legit operation. It's very secure. It's just you guys have built a contract to kind of um, support your whole operation here. Exactly. Because, you know, wine, people have been storing wine for decades, even centuries. The biggest thing is like, you can't really do it profitably unless you get economies to scale. So by working with a platform like VinoVest, we're able to pass along those savings at scale so that it actually becomes profitable for you to store and manage and invest in wine. So if you have like a 500, well, I guess it wouldn't be a $500 bottle, but it'd be a $5,000 case. How much would it be per year or, or how do they charge you to store that in the so facility? So we charge like an annual, annual management fee based on the value. So with our fees on VinoVest, we charge consumers 2.85% annually to manage the asset. So that includes everything from sourcing to um, fraud detection to storage insurance, as well as the active management. So all of that's kind of included in our, in our uh, fee structure. So these are the questions as an investor you guys want to ask. Um, you know, first, like the fraud detection. That's like when you buy a piece of real estate, you have the title search and you're making sure that the title is clean you know i'm assuming if you want to talk to that anthony like what's the what is the procedure for the the wine to get legitimized yeah because like like you mentioned like there's a lot of fake wine out there right there's a lot of fake everything first we have you know our team be able to inspect that a it's authentic it actually came from the winery not some not some person who rebottled it and that it is in excellent condition because um, you know wine is a living thing right if you even in the sun, it's going to be turning into vinegar and be worthless. So we inspect the condition, inspect that it's authentic. And then when we put it in our, in our storage, we actually have an insurance policy that then covers it against all sort of future damage, breakage, and it's insured at its full market value. So, you know, we don't have FDIC in the wine industry, but this is like pretty much, you know, the next best thing. Yeah. And that, and that, Insurance thing, just like you insure real estate or your cars, that's a big thing for investors. Um, you know, there was an investment going around last year where it's like buying some kind of citrus fruit in a different country or you know any kind of crops, right? You wanna you wanna be able to know that if there's a fire, well, no big deal. You know, it's insured. It's not for you know it's not gonna be a total loss. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So you know, wanted to kind of talk about portfolio construction, right? Because if you're more on the aggressive side. Just like stocks, there's going to be emerging markets. There's going to be newer wineries that have uh, potential to outperform the index. And if you're more on the conservative side, there's more like your equivalent of blue chips, right? So in, in this case, it'd be usually wines from, from France and from Europe. So Bordeaux, Burgundy, Champagne, those are definitely like 
you know, wine growing regions that have been growing wine for centuries. So we have hundreds of years of historical pricing data. We can predict with our AI model with a very high degree of confidence what future returns will be. And then there are kind of your emerging markets, you know, uh, whether it be Australia, Chile, some newer parts of California and Italy uh, or the Rhone. Um, so that's kind of how we look at portfolio construction, making sure that people stay within their risk ranges and that we can give them the right sort of expected returns when you're looking at this holistically as an alternative asset within their entire portfolio. So we had a, another similar investment on the podcast of art. I think the, the URL was masterclass.io, but you know, the blue chips are like the, uh, I mean, if you can get your hands on like the Picassos or like all the, tr- the classical guys, but the, the new up and comers are like the Andy Warhol. I didn't know who that is. Apparently he's pretty famous, but what are, what are some of the, like the new, I mean, do people even know? I mean, do, I mean, you're like, you're probably like Lane, you dude, you don't even know these these kind of wines so why even ask why even tell you but i mean what are some like names or brands that are examples of the two so i can give you a good example um so um there's someone called andy erickson so he came from one of the most famous wineries in america called screaming eagle those bottles retail for thousands of dollars and he left to go start his own winery so that's an example of an emerging kind of winery to look at because it's someone coming from, you know, a top, top winery, leaving to start his own brand. So even though there's no historical track record per se, you know, it's someone who's very, very well regarded. It's like, say, if, uh, you know, the CEO of Apple left to go start his own new company, people are going to think it's hot. Yeah. I was thinking like David Beckham coming to the LA Galaxy. To yeah. Play. Yeah. That's, that's exactly like that, right? Like a newer, smaller market, unestablished, but, you know, there's going to be a following. So what is like, what is the, the typical returns that people can kind of expect from, you know, doing like more of a blue chip kind of a, a classical portfolio or more of up and coming, a little more riskier. What's yeah. So I'd say with like our kind of like, if you're just tracking the index, you're going to get 12% annualized returns. You know, that's, that's over the course of decades. That's what we have been seeing over the past few years. Uh, more aggressive portfolios going to be ranging up, you know, 16, 18% annualized returns. And then if you want to go like super, super conservative, I think our conservative investors have averaged closer to like 8% annual returns. And that's all inclusive of like, what did you say, the 2.8%? For that, that's that's how before. you guys make your money. Yeah. So that those numbers I'm quoting are before your fees. So you take off the, the fees on top of those returns. Okay. So if you're, if you're saying 12% analyzed returns, they're sitting at what a nine point something percent yeah. per year. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard asset. It doesn't cash flow, but it's really cool. So <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's the appeal, right? You say you own these, these bottles somewhere. I mean, are, what are clients doing? Like they want to show it off, right? Do they get to see, hold the bottle or get to visit it at the safe or? Yeah. So if they want to visit it, they can do that anytime. If they want to take it out, drink it, they can do that anytime. So I think that's one of the benefits of not securitizing or not owning fractional shares that represent an asset, actually owning the asset, um, is that at the end of the day, you have the direct benefit of owning that physical asset and you can do whatever you want with it at the end of the day. So um, a lot of our investors, like maybe they want to know more about wine or maybe they want to get something for like their, their kid's birth year to share on their wedding day, right? So they'll buy 10 cases and then, um, you know, 10 years later, they'll sell off five and then use the profits generated from that five 
to basically drink nice wine for free with the other five. Yeah, I've thought of like, you know, a lot of the deals that we'll do are like five to seven years, you know, go and buy a bottle case right now and then have it just sit in your safe for five years without it turning into vinegar at my house. So guys, um, you know, a couple takeaways that are very similar. These are like the reason why I kind of bring these kind of off the wall investments is it kind of, it helps us as passive investors kind of understand and value these type of investments. So for example, Anthony was talking about, you know, legitimizing the wine and, and I don't know if it's some kind of barcode or, you know, some certified inspection process, but, you know, like I was looking at life settlements, which is, you know, you're, you're kind of buying the asset is a piece of paper, a, a contract with the individual so on their passing. But the, when I was looking into this one um, particular one, I wasn't able to get it verified. Yeah, it said the Emeritas or Northwest Mutual on the top, but I didn't know if it was just a, like a fraudulent piece of paper. And that's what made me uncomfortable. But in this case, Anthony, right, like these things are some, some third party is backing them. Is that how it's done? Exactly. So you can independently audit your ownership. Every single investor, when they come onto a platform and they buy a bottle, you know, there is a paper trail. So you can see and you can visit and you can actually touch your actual asset. You know, we try to make it as as direct as possible in terms of having you have the kind of confidence you need to invest in something new that you may not be familiar with. Yeah. And another thing that Anthony mentioned was, you know, I forget who was that that guy that had the winery that was moving wineries. People oh, Andy them. Erickson. Yeah, Andy Erickson. He's kind of like the uh, I, I would call him the brains of the operation. So I was looking at an oil and gas investment, and I actually went down there and I met the in the oil and gas investment. It's you know just putting holes in the ground, but the geologist is kind of the the guru, the brains of the operation. So I met him and his dog down there in Texas. And that person is the person that you kind of bet your money on. And in this case, that's the brains. And I guess you could call it similar with, you know, apartment investing, which would be like the own, the operators in that case. But, you know, when you're investing, you need to figure out where's that, where's the brains of the operation, the intellectual firepower of the investment, um, because that's, you know, you're trying to pick the winners here. And, you know, you, a lot of times you have very little you may not know too much about the investment, but in some cases, it's better to go with the proven folks, even though past performance does not indicate future success. But in this case, it's just what, sugar and water? Or I don't know what makes wine, grapes or something like that? Pretty much just grapes. grapes yeah. and-, and anything else that, you know, that kind of takeaways that investors can take from this or anything else we missed? Um, I think the interesting about wine is that it's, you know, it's pretty uncorrelated to the market. You know, in good times and bad times, people are going to be drinking wine. And what really drives wine value is that it needs time to age and get better in the bottle. And as it gets better in the bottle, people are drinking from that annual supply, right? So uh, supply dwindles, props up demand. And, you know, we've seen it even this year with the stock market volatility in the first quarter when the S&P was down, I think, like 20-something percent. Um, you know, our, our investors are up. And they're up on this year too. So, um, you know, it's not going to be something that's like Bitcoin or a hot tech stock where you're getting, you know, 50% in a year, although there are some like that, but it is something that's steady. It is something that is new that, you know, hasn't really been available unless you're ultra, ultra wealthy or ultra well connected. And we're just looking to 
give this access to more people. Now, I'm, I'm actually happy I'm in the opposite seat because most times I'm in your seat, people are pegging me with hard questions. So here's a hard question. These days with the whole rise of, cra of craft beer, because people are cheap, don't have much money, you know, people are moving more towards that as, and also marijuana, you know, eating brownies is probably a lot, um, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say if it's healthier or not, but um, healthier than drinking alcohol. I mean, has, is that impacting wine prices as a whole? I think on the lower level, so like, you know, grocery store wines, definitely I think as technology has gotten better, they've been able to create wine more cheaply and sell it for more cheaply. But this segment that we're looking at is like, you know, pretty much the top, top like 5%. And that is going to be still very, very much so untouched. You know, it's a luxury segment. Um, people are still going to be wanting these brands, you know, like the, the equivalent of like the Ferraris and Louis Vuittons of the wine world. And I don't think, um, you know, something that is happening on kind of the lower segments will really affect what we're doing here. Right. And then, um, you know, as an investor, you know, you always want to be looking at the exit strategy, you know, don't buy anything that you can't unload at any point, even though, you know, you got to assume these things are illiquid for the most part, but what's Anthony, what's the, um, like if somebody wanted to unload their, their case, is that really easy? Is there like a steady supply of buyers and then, you know, do you guys, do you guys make money off of the commission off that sale or is it all encompassing the, the asset management fee? Yeah. Good question. So we don't charge anything extra to liquidate. We don't have any sort of like minimum uh, lockup periods, anything like that uh, because we're working with wine and, you know, it is a consumable. So if you want to exit, we're not only selling to other wine investors on our platform, but think about all the retailers, distributors, uh, hotel, restaurant chains that are all looking to buy wine and consume it. So because of that, the liquidity is a lot better the way, we're, the way that we're pooling it than a lot of other alternatives. Cool. So um, Anthony, why don't you get your contact information for people to get a hold of you? Um, if not, I can put it at uh, simplepassacashflow.com slash wine or if you guys yeah. can shoot me an email. Just feel free to email me directly if you have any questions. It's anthony at vinovest.co and uh, you, know, you can browse our website and you know, make an investment directly on there. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, again, check out all the different types of investments at simplepassacastral.com slash menu. You know, I think there were like musicals and all kinds of things you can invest in. Um, maybe one day I'll buy like the Backstreet Boys I wanted that way at royalties and a, and a bottle of 12 pack of one of these fancy wines. But um, if you guys haven't done so, check out uh, our investor club, simplepassacastral.com slash club. And you'll get access to the first three trial e-course sections there. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.